Welcome to the King's Insider Podcast on CSNCalifornia.com. Sponsored by Max Muscle Sports Nutrition. Introducing your host, Sacramento King's Insider, James Ham. Welcome to the CSN Kings Insider Podcast. I am James Ham. Joining me today on this special edition of the podcast, I know we'll call this the slick in Philadelphia. I'm not sure what it was, but uh, Grant Napier, who was at at the arena in Philadelphia when the Sacramento Kings game was canceled. Grant, how's it going? James, I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I don't know about you, but uh, an hour and a half pregame show is not what I had envisioned last <laughs> night. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, you know what? I never thought that I'd ever do an NBA game that was basically rained out. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, very odd. Uh, you know, I've got to tell you one thing, James. You know, I noticed when I first walked into the building, um, I, I walked in and then I walked up the stairs to um, uh, do something for radio and I was perspiring. And I'm like, you know, I, all I did was walk up 25 uh, flights of stairs. And then I got done with that and I walked down and I, I saw the mops on the floor and I saw, you know, um, some of the other uh, people that were just standing there and they, they had sweat on their forehead. And I was like, God, it's weird. But then I realized, man, it is really humid in the building. And uh, the condensation on the court or whatever, I don't know what it was because, you know, the, the ice, James, the ice underneath the floor is never an issue, or at least to, since I've, you know, it's, it's covered and there's, there's layers and then there's, you know, they've never had really an issue like this before, but it was raining all day. And then of course, when we got to, uh, the arena, it was raining outside and they just could not control the humidity. And what I think is odd, James, is that, uh, from what I understand, and I'm sure you've talked about this as well. The Kings had shoot around at 10 o'clock in the morning, and they they notified you know the Sixers that hey you know what the floor is a little slick, and I don't know why they were not able to get the court ready for the game with that kind of notice. It's almost like they didn't act on it when they were told. It's absolutely bizarre, and you know we've read from Keith Pompey of uh, was Philly dot com that that they it's completely user error that they didn't turn down the heaters. And that's what basically, I think what it did is it trapped the moisture on the floor, the heat pushing down all of that humidity coming in. I'm not really sure the, the full, you know, way to describe it in, uh, in sort of weatherman terms, but it, it created this strange situation. Have you ever been a part of anything like that where everyone's just standing around? They, for some reason, I mean, you and I both knew that the game was canceled like 30 minutes in. Why they didn't tell their fans, why they didn't send anyone home, it was just a strange situation. Yeah. Yeah, I would say there was probably, and I'm doing this just by, you know, ballpark figure, I would say there were 30 to 40 minutes from when I was told that the game had been postponed until they announced to the crowd that the game was postponed. I'm not sure why the delay, but, you know, they uh, they, they tried to uh, get the court Ready, and then they did a uh, they 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 put water on the court. They wet mopped the floor, and then they dried it. And they had big fans out there. And after that process, uh, a couple of the Kings players came out to test the floor. And I spoke to Costa, uh, I spoke to Darren Collison, 
And I said, is the floor any better? And they go, no, nah, it's still pretty slick. And Costa told me, he goes, listen, I'm not playing on this. And I said, really, it's that slick? He goes, absolutely. He goes, the guys will not come out and play on this surface. And I think that once the players, you know, came out after the process, and then deemed it to be too slippery. At that point, you know, if the Kings aren't going to play, and I, I heard the same thing from the Philadelphia players, you cannot risk. James, can you imagine if they had played that game and a player had blown his knee out and slipped on the court? Can you imagine the nightmare that would have been for the NBA? So they did the prudent thing. They'll reschedule it and they'll play it again. But, you know, you can't take a chance uh, with guys' livelihood. And, and that, that could have been exactly what occurred last night had they tried to play that game. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I I mean, it was strange for us because it became like, it felt like we were on a telethon. It We just kept going and going and waiting yeah. for the official thing to be called. And, you know, we kept coming back to you. We kept coming to Katie and getting little bits of information. But at the same time, you know, I'm getting information at, you know, right as you are. And I'm hearing the same things that you are. And then to have their PA announcer come out and tell them we're going to make a decision in 15 minutes. And we're like... Yeah, I didn't get it. Yeah, we're like, wait a sec. We, I was on, yeah. Just bizarre, bizarre. It's crazy. I was on camera doing a live hit with Jim and Doug, and when that announcement was made, I just assumed that they were telling the fans that the game was postponed because I had already been told by uh, a high-ranking Kings official, Vladi Dibots, and I had been told by a Philadelphia high-ranking official that the game was postponed. So I went on the air, and I said, hey, the game's called off. It's postponed. And I was actually doing a, a live hit when I heard the PA announcer, and I just assumed that he had told everyone that the game was postponed because after he said that, everyone booed. But then I was on TV, and I'm like, gosh, it's kind of odd that the fans are still sitting there. But So I'm, I'm not sure why the delay. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure we'll find out at some point. But here's the bottom line. I go back to player safety. There's no way that they were going to play that game. You know what, James? It's similar to what happened at the Hall of Fame game in Canton, Ohio this year when they mm -hmm. postponed it because the field was too slick. You're not going to have these players risk their livelihood just to get a game in. You know, if the playing surface is not good enough, then you can't play. And the playing surface last night was, to, to you know, I think it was dangerous based on speaking to some of the players. You know, I, I'm going to ask you, Grant, how big of a – you know, a missed opportunity is this for the Sacramento Kings. So you've got Embiid on a minutes limitation. You got Ben Simmons out. And now they're talking about maybe they'll jam this thing into that eight game road trip. Maybe they'll find yeah. some other time. But I mean, this was an opportunity where they have a six game road trip. But, you know, I mean, you've as far as six game road trips go, this is probably the best one you're ever going to get. You have breaks in between where you're you're yeah. actually you're not playing back to backs. And now this game is pulled out. It's a it's a winnable game, and it's thrust somewhere else in the schedule where it might not be a winnable game. Yeah, well, you know what? That's a very good point, and it is unfortunate. But you know, I can also say you know the Kings should have beat Washington, and they lost. So you know, I, I'm not so sure if it was a missed opportunity because I really don't know which Sacramento Kings team was going to show up last night. But you're right, based on some of the injuries that you just talked about. Um, you know, but but who knows? You know, maybe when the Kings go back, whenever the game's rescheduled, uh, by then maybe you'll have some other players that are hurt. So you never really can know for sure. You know, who's going to be playing when that game comes along? But yes, Kings had been rested; they had a day off; they were ready to play, and uh, you'll never know what the outcome of the game would have been. But to say the least, it's very unfortunate that the game was not played. Now you talk about the Kings; they've been hit and miss, and the Washington game, another disappointing loss. Where uh, again, they've had these 
they've had three overtime games, all three on the second night of a back-to-back on the road. So, I mean, there's a little bit there to that. But really, this team, it's had this this issue for years now. It seems like they, they start to get on a little bit of a roll, and then they lose two straight or four straight. How How is this team kind of coming along with, you know, they're getting an opportunity to gel on the road a little bit, to spend more time together? How is it from your point of view? Uh, you know, it's Jekyll and Hyde. Um, it's, uh, you know, again, I, I there have been some losses that I have not been able to really explain. You know, the game at Miami, and you look at what they've done since then, they've been terrible. You know, Washington had only five wins, and they had been allowing 105 points a game. And, you know, the Kings come out, and they only scored 19 in the first quarter. They scored 19 in the third quarter. Um, yeah, I think it's always great when you go on an extended road trip because the guys are together, and, you know, I think that helps. But, you know, the reality is the Kings have to get off to better starts. You know, they got off to a bad start in Washington. It seems like, James, that for whatever reason, you know, the Kings are falling behind early. And I know I've listened to some of your interviews with, you know, DeMarcus and some of the other guys, and they've talked about, hey, you know, we can't wait until the fourth quarter to start playing. You know, the reality is the Kings are not that good of a team where they can take any minutes off. They're just not. You know, they're not like the Cavaliers and the Warriors where they can just kind of turn it on with five minutes left and blow a team off the court. They're they're not that type of team. So, you know, I, I think that that's been the most troubling thing for me is just seeing how slow the Kings have started, which, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Dave Yeager really makes some changes to this starting lineup because he, he has to try something different because, you know, it seems like every single night, James, the Kings are trying to find their way out of a big hole. You know, Grant, we've talked about that quite a few times that, you know, Dave's Dave Yeager has to make some sort of change, but he's gone away from the two bigs and then he came right back to it. Is that just a safety net for him? How do you look at that? Because for me, when I saw, even when he went Lawson and Collison in the backcourt, or if he goes Collison and, and Aflalo and then puts Matt Barnes up top, uh, it, it seemed to open the spacing up to really free this team. Costa Kufas had some of his best games coming off the bench, uh, and now we're right back into this sort of grit and grind that he, he was so comfortable with in Memphis. You know, I, I just don't think he has found a combination that he's content with. I don't think he's found – I think it's like a puzzle, a jigsaw puzzle, and you have all these pieces, and now you got to fit them together. And, well, this piece doesn't work with the other five pieces – and then, well, you see, this piece works. That piece doesn't work. I still think that he's trying to find, you know, the players to play best with the other guys. You know, just because you're talented doesn't mean that you're going to play well with the other four players on the floor. Maybe you play better coming off the bench. Maybe Darren plays better with uh, this player, that player, and this player. Maybe maybe Rudy likes playing. You know, I mean, he's still trying to figure out the best combinations. And, you know, I, I, I'm hoping it's going to be sooner than later, but I know he's frustrated. Because he has, as you just pointed out, he has tried, you know, different lineups and different combinations. And and he's still trying to find the right combinations, the right pieces. And, uh, you know, listen, we, we he's been very honest from day one. You know, James, you covered every day in training camp. Mm-hmm. That, that was his message. He said, hey, this is not going to be something that happens, you know, uh, quickly. You know, he said, well, when do you think that, you, you, you know, you'll have this all figured out? Where And he actually said, well, next year sometime. You know, like he said that this is going to take – a full season to lay down his foundation to find out who's going to be on the team, who's not, who we can rely on, who we can't. And so I know fans don't want to hear that, but that's the truth. And Dave's got all the experience in the world. You know, he's coming from a, a different situation, James. You know, he came from a, a veteran team that knew how to win 
And, you know, he just put the guys on the floor, and more times than not, they were going to win. Here, he's still trying to find out the guys that can play his style and, and play it the best way, and we're not there yet. Now, we know that Dave is going to get a long leash. I mean, he's going to be here three or four years at a oh, minimum. Yeah. I mean, there's a hope that he'll be here, you know, long term. He wants to be here sure. long term in Sacramento. Uh, but with this team, not not Dave, taking him out of the equation, how long do you think Vlade and and Ken Catanella, how, how long do they have to look at this team and, and then make difficult decisions on whether this is something they're pushing forward with or whether – you know, that December 15th deadline, whether they start making some some massive changes to this team to uh, sort of plan for next season and start building with, you know, in past years we've seen te- this team fire a coach to start building towards the next year, but maybe moving a veteran piece or two to start moving towards something next year. I, I don't think they are They are going to wait. Um, I, I expect big changes with this franchise. I don't think Vladi can afford to wait. I don't think the, the Kings can afford to wait. But Beckeron and Dibay, you know, has made it very clear. Um, Dave, as you said, is not going anywhere. That is for sure. You know, here's the – I've always said this, and I'll continue to say this. The mess that Vladi Divac inherited did not occur overnight, and it's not going to be fixed overnight. I know fans don't want to hear that, but that's just the real truth of the situation. So, you know, to me – um, you know, if this team does not start winning games and more importantly, start playing better, then I, I think they will make some major changes to this roster. And, you know, the term they use in sports when you do that is called blowing up the roster. Um, it, I, I got to tell you, James, it wouldn't surprise me. It, it really wouldn't. Now, I, I don't know if they're there just yet. I mean, it's just that we just turned the calendar on December and I don't think that they're ready to make that decision just yet. But if if we keep on seeing the Jekyll and Hyde play, if we keep on seeing more losses than wins, you know, Vladdy's been around, you know, he's not stupid. He sees what's going on. Uh, he, he will make changes. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind about that. Is it more difficult because the Western Conference, that, that bottom tier, well, the, the sort of the middle tier of the Western Conference is so fat. It just keeps, it seems to be getting bigger. And a team, you know, we just saw Mike Connolly Jr. go down for Memphis. So now Memphis becomes a team that maybe it, sort of solidified themselves as like a top six or seven team now who knows where they're going to be and and you have you know portland who's hit and miss you've got the lakers who are hit and miss all of these teams like sort of bunched up together and the kings are only two games out and so you're right you're looking at it but i mean it's sort of that that thing that's just so it's so close but it's always just a little bit out of out of your reach and is that going to hurt this team come trade deadline because they could still be in a situation where they're right on the bubble. They're the eight, the nine, the 10, and they're only a game or, or three out of the playoff picture. It could, but you also, you see, and that's why I think, and I'll go back to what I said just a couple of moments ago, you, you hit it right on the head. There are no nights off in the West. Okay. We just saw Houston last week come in and destroy Sacramento. And, you know, they're not one of the top three or four teams, although they could end up. But my point is, you know, if you look at the Warriors, if you look at the Clippers, if you look at the Spurs, so the Kings have already lost two twice, and you look at Houston, I'm just going to start with those teams, okay? You know, you may not win a game against those teams all year, okay? So with that said, when you go play the Eastern Conference teams, and if you're talking about making the playoffs, or let's just say talking about 500, let's just go 41 and 41, and let's see where that lands you, Okay. You can't lose to Miami in Miami. You can't lose to Washington. You can't lose to Orlando. In other words, if you're really going to be a team in the West and you're not one of the elite teams, and the Kings are not, but you think you still have a chance to make the playoffs, the only way that that is going to happen 
is you've got to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat. And that means you're, you beat Miami. That means you beat Washington. That means you beat Orlando. And you know what? The Kings have lost to all those teams. And, and that's what is alarming to me is that, you know, you want to get to a certain point. You know you're playing a brutal conference. So you've got to, you better make sure that you beat the other teams that, that maybe are not as good as you. And right now, I don't think the teams the Kings have lost are better than them. But you know what? They've lost to them. And, that, and so it is what it is. But, you know, you, you, better, you better start beating the teams that you're supposed to beat if you want to get to even in the conversation of being, you know, a seventh or eighth seed in the West. Because if, if you don't beat Miami, you don't beat Washington, you're not going, you're not going to be anywhere near 41 wins. That's right. All right. So I don't want to keep you all day. I know you're enjoying a day off in New York, uh, taking in a little, a little time. Um, you got the Knicks coming up. You've got Boston coming up. Have they put themselves in a situation where they really have to rattle off wins on the road right now? And they, I mean, they, even though yes. they might not be as good as Boston, they still have to get that win. They've got to get that win on against the Knicks on Sunday. They've got to get that win in Dallas next Wednesday. Have they put themselves in that position? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it's I, I don't think it's realistic that they're going to win all three based on what we've seen. But I think they need to win two of the games because if not, they're going to get back home. And James, I I know that the you you know the schedule, but I don't know if the fans have really peaked at this. I I don't recall a schedule quite like this. I mean, the Kings come home from a ten day trip late Wednesday night, okay? Then they have a home game Friday against the Knicks. Then they go on the road to play Utah the next night. Then they come home Monday for a game, and then they go right back out on the road for games in Houston, Memphis, and Dallas. Then they come home for one game. Then they leave on the road for Utah and Minnesota. So you, you, if you're not careful, you could get buried before you know it. I mean, so, yes, these next three games are very important. Again, I think you've got to be object. I mean, realistic. I don't think it's realistic to think that they're going to win all three, but they better figure out a way to win two of the three so that when they come home uh, for that home game against the Knicks, they can win that and, 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 and you know, not fall so far behind. Because, James, listen, you know this. Uh, you're not going to make up. If you fall five, six, seven, eight games under 500 in this conference, you're in deep, deep trouble. And they're, they're in jeopardy of doing that if they don't get a couple wins on this trip. That's right. All right, that is Grant Napier of the Grant Napier Show, play-by-play announcer by, for the Sacramento Kings. Grant, thanks so much for taking some time and dropping in. James, it is my pleasure. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day, and let's keep our fingers crossed.